Hey everybody, welcome to Throne Wrenches Podcast. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And welcome to the automotive podcast that's settling in for a cold, hard winter. On this episode of Throne Wrenches, GM workers, it's time to come back to the office. Mayor Pete wants more bike lanes. And anyone want to buy a VW factory? All that and more on this episode of Throne Wrenches. Let's go, girls. Oh, that sweet, sweet jam. But what was that? I mean, Daryl, was that a star- reference? When you started the car to come to the show, I yeah. think I heard it a little bit. A little yeah. Shania tonight on the way here? Yeah, I, I think that might be a callback. A previous episode or pre-show, one of the two. Yeah, it was a pre-show reference. It was. It was all about Gabe in the pre-show. So if you're not a pre-show subscriber, well, shame on you. You'll understand the joke. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, joining the fun of the show, as we always say, send us an email to info at throwonwrenches.com, uh, and make sure to post a review on iTunes, and I'll read it so you're heard all around the world. Which, how many reviews we get this week, Daryl? Zero. Yeah. 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 I checked even before I came here. I did too. I checked last week after the Gabe show. So I apparently I have not exuded enough guilt on our listeners. So is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. So <laughs> we we would love a review. Oh, by the way, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, make sure you listen to this Patreon pre-show because I think we got some swag coming in the mail. But we need your size. Yes. So anyway, t-shirt size. What? what I, Belt I, size. I, I, I was going to leave it like a little vague, so you know, shoe size. Pe- people could think, you know. Anyway, <laughs> theater of the mind, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't. All right, we do have a special guest tonight, but uh, if you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, well, according mm. to a Wired Magazine article I just read, we gravitate, we gravitate towards puzzles when depressed. If that's the case, my co-host is either always or never depressed. Case in point, the thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle <laughs> he put together for the Forts YJ, he must have been depressed to take on that carburetor project, but he probably feels like a million bucks now, until he doesn't. He's Daryl Scott. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not depressed tonight. I actually I got that carburetor <laughs> back in one piece. I'm very surprised. For those of you who don't know my co-host, my co-host collects classic movies like some of us collect classic cars. He scours the countryside for DVD versions of the Marx Brothers and Bogart films and suspense thrillers from years past. His rationale? Well, some of this stuff won't be around in 20 years, he says. He's preserving copies of black and white films on Blu-ray for some reason. He's the archivist, archivist known as Mr. Eric Stahl. I may not be here in 20 years. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> as the oldest one at this table. Come, come now. Yeah, there is another another wheel at the table here. We are three-wheeling tonight. Welcome, Mr. Jacob Irish. He's taking a sip. I, I, I have the applause queued up here. Right yeah, now. you missed him the first time. I did. Well, I'm... I'm new here. Oh, oh there is. Welcome, Jacob Irish. <laughs> All right. While, da- while Daryl's figuring out the board. Again. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, Daryl, if you don't know Jacob Irish, Jeepers Crow, uh, while some of us have given up on the four-wheeling hobby, speaking for myself, uh, we have to live vicariously through this guy. Oh, and that CC- SCC Tacoma's already gone. He changes trucks like other guys change their shorts. He's Jacob Irish. Welcome, Mr. Irish. Hey. And I never wear shorts. Never? 
Is it like a policy? Dude, that's true. <laughs> we, we've been on vacation before, and we're all like in shorts, and this dude's wearing long pants. You betcha. Do you wear, really? Do you wear flip-flops with, short, or with pants? Yeah. Do you burn easily or something? Or what do you... Nah, it's just... You got knobby he's, knees. He's got to have the That's whitest a, damn legs. No, someday, uh, someday I'm going to see him in like some checkered shorts, like yeah. flipping a burger. I, I, you should have been on this Colorado trip. Don maybe didn't make me, but he's like, you should buy these shorts, and I did, and I wore them the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Big big day. Yeah, but I, I usually don't change shorts. But I do change trucks. I'm All right. I'm, <laughs> Everybody, welcome to throwing wrenches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd like to do another quick thank you. We thank our Patreon supporters, and again, we could not do the show without you. Your support does keep us motivated, so thank you for that. Uh, a quick thank you and shout out to our longtime sponsor, Fort's Toyota of Pekin. They're on the web at toyota-pekin.com. You can check them out off of uh, 29, actually Radio City Drive in beautiful North Pekin. Beautiful. Not that far from my favorite haunts, Jimbo's Jumbo or <laughs> Rosati's Pizza, right across the way. So, you know, you can go get your car oil changed, get it serviced, talk to someone like, I don't know, maybe Eric mm-hmm. or some of the other fine service folks. And uh, while you're doing that, go get a deep dish Chicago-style pizza across the street. It's a really good combination. And then afterwards, when you don't finish it all, you can go back to the Fort's waiting room and stink up the waiting room with your leftover pizza. Absolutely. Like I've done a few times. Yeah. It's 15 minutes from anywhere, according to the website and our our old ad campaign from 30 years ago. But uh, if you go to www.toyota-pekin.com, you'll find all the new and used cars. And uh, we got some cars showing up. Had a transport today with some Camrys on it. Had two Highlanders show up yesterday. So maybe, maybe, maybe we'll find your dream car. Just uh, call a salesman to get signed up for the next one coming in. Not too shabby. Also, another uh, quick shout-out to our other sponsor, Gabe Casey, for Tasmo County State's Attorney. Uh, you're probably very intimately familiar with Gabe Casey as his previous uh, guest appearances on this program and also guest hosting. We do want to give a shout-out to him because he is running for Tasmo County State's Attorney. If you're ready for a change, experience matters. And you can uh, check him out on Facebook. And I don't have his website, even though I said it last week. It's Gabe Casey for Tazewell County State's Attorney. I think if you search that out, you'll find it. Probably. But I think it's uh, Casey4SA. S-A dot com. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. No, thanks, Gabe. Appreciate the uh, continued support to the show. And Patreon folks, man, you got a great, great episode with Jake talking about uh, Mm -hmm. Kubota tractors and kind of going from his uh, previous occupation with cell phones and T-Mobile and all that stuff to German Bliss in East Peoria. So great, great show. Thanks, Jake, for participating in that. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, you listen to them, so it's nice every once in a while. You you can't be a five-timer member like some of the other. Yeah, no, I'm just, this is my second time. We'll get the jacket for you. It's on order because you're coming back. You're coming back. All right, we start every show off like we do uh, any other time. It's the project section of the show. I don't have a whole lot. I will tell you this. No? Because uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start. It got down to 28 degrees here about a week ago. Oh, yeah, it did. And so I rushed to Farm and Fleet to grab three gallons of antifreeze from my camper because it was two nights in a row, I believe, it froze. Yeah, it was like 26 and 28 or yeah. something. It was brutal. The first night... I was like, oh, crap, it, it stung me. But that next night I got home, it was still 40 degrees when I got home at 5 o'clock. I'm like, oh, it's going to freeze again. So I rush, and I pump so much antifreeze through my system. Now, that's the the pink stuff, right? The RV antifreeze? It's, yeah, it's, the... yeah, it's a pink. Yeah, okay. yeah, six bucks a gallon or something like that. Is that different? Here's how I'm, I'm stupid. I don't know anything about RVs. Is that different than, like, glycol-based stuff well, for cars? Well, and so all I can think is it's uh, it's non-toxic. Mm. Yeah, so that way, you know, if you shower in it or if you drink it, <laughs> it won't you're, kill you. You're not yeah. going to die <laughs> instantly. 
Okay. Exactly. Yeah, because actually a lot of it dripped out when I was trying. I was trying to dump it in the uh, side of the of the camper through the uh, the regular water inlet. Yeah. But it was dumping all. I didn't have a funnel, and the cats were right there, like bathing in it underneath. There. I'm like, so. <laughs> and they're all still he walking hopes around. It's non toxic. <laughs> they're all still walking around, you know. So allegedly. Yeah. But uh, no, that was the biggest project I had, and. Uh, did you get it done, though? I mean, that's you're yeah, good to... she's winterized. I just need to park her over at the uh, storage facility, and I think we're good for the winter. I did not stay in that one night this year, but I did rent it out probably about 20 nights, so... Yeah, you did pretty good, I imagine. Yeah, so I, I, I made half my payments for the year. I mean, it was a weird year anyway, so uh, I didn't get to enjoy it like I wanted to, but uh, but at least it paid for itself, kind of. Yeah. And when uh, with the low interest rate, Jake, you know... That's right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I bought that camper, and this will go back to the pre-show, folks. Um, they discounted it like two or $3,000. Got a low APR. It was like the middle of the pandemic, right? It was. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, now people are like trying to find these things. And they're, I think I could actually still sell that for more than I paid for it, which is crazy to think a year and a half later. Yeah. Yeah. Especially or, for something like that that... You know, there's depreciation and everything else, but people are looking for escapes, right? Yeah. Well, people it, are looking to have those experiences where they get out and, you know, life's crazy. I want to go to Montana for a week and yeah. just camp in a field. Well, well here's inflation. But think about inflation, too. How much more is it going to cost to make these things? So I, yep. I bought it basically when they were still discounting them. Mm-hmm. The retail prices have probably gone up 10 or 15% now. Yeah. So it's a nice feeling. And uh, I have all... All that to thank to Mr. Jake Irish. <laughs> yeah, you, you are very welcome. You're uh, the voice of encouragement. For yeah, a lot yeah, of folks. no, he's yeah. Actually, buy a tractor. Somehow, buy a somehow, when Jake says do it, my wife says that's a good idea. You know, it, we should. And <laughs> has, it, has it steered you wrong? No, no. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's just something you have so, uh, a commanding tone with the women. Does this work with your wife? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> No comment. I'm going to plead the fifth. immune. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, no. I still haven't sold Aiden's Forerunner and uh, and uh, I, the race car. I have a guy at work who wants to buy the race car, so I'm not doing anything. But is I, the race car what you're calling the Scion? Yeah, it's okay. a race. It's a race car. I know. Yeah, I know yeah. it is. And uh, I am. I'm thinking that red Celica. I think I might buy a transmission for it. I, I really, thank you. I Finally, th- some I, sensible I think, decisions. <laughs> I think I'm going to make that car drivable at some point. So this is what a '94, '95, '95 Celica, yeah, two door GT with the, with the uh, full hatchback, not the not the regular, uh, the little coupe. Yeah, so, yeah. So nice looking tan leather interior. Car. Yeah, yeah. So I think this, you know, for my daughter next summer. Yeah, plus I still have the black cell I have nothing with either, but I'm thinking this this red car could be fun. So I applaud that decision. All right. I like to see you working on stuff. It's but fun. does the mixer applaud it? Uh, let's ask the let's ask the studio audience. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> oh, oh thanks, thanks, thanks. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Was <laughs> oh, this you bet your life or what? It's like a Ronco infomercial. <laughs> all right, that's all I got, Daryl. Not a whole lot from me. Uh, not a whole lot for me either. I did finally wrap up, thanks to my lovely wife who finished some repairs on the upholstery. The Cadillac interior is done. Dude, gorgeous, by the way. Back in action. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, been a long time coming. The next phase of that, um, you know, a lot of folks have been following along asking, does it run? Was it run? Are you going to drive it? Are you going to run? Um, it'll get there. Which the goal was last June, wasn't it? Uh, it, was, it was the summer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, winter project, I think I'm going to pull the brakes apart. I got to send the master cylinder and the the booster. It's a weird, 
what they call like a divorced booster. So the booster is actually like on the front of the motor. And it's not a hydro boost. It's kind of weird. It's still a vacuum-powered booster. It's goofy. Um, but I'm going to send both of those out and get those re-sleeved and redone. And I can actually get wheel cylinders brand new. So uh, I'm just going to go through those. Have the drums turned by Vashon Brake here in Peoria. Mm-hmm. So that'll all be good to go. And then try to work on the motor, get the car rebuilt, fuel system, and, and hopefully So have disc it brakes in a 55, was that uh, high high upgrade? Drum. They're oh, drums. You, so you turn in the drums. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you turned in discs. I might have said that. We out. used to, well, we used to turn drums on the Amco brake lays. Yeah. Do and you guys still have one in the shop? Yeah, we do. It doesn't run. I was thinking about selling it because there's, there's this crew that comes from South America every once in a while with the truck and just buys old equipment. Yeah. We haven't run our Amco lathe in forever. So what's it need? Is a motor burned out? There's a, usually a little gear that burns out in them. It's, I think it's made of plastic. They're kind uh-huh. of disposable. But uh, but honestly, we have on-car lathes now. and, and we're I've seen n- videos of that. Is that that's a thing? You just it is. Machine but it on the, the- yeah, but the problem is we don't. it would never work for a drum, but the amount of drum brakes we're doing anymore <clears throat> yeah. versus 10 years ago is is non-existent. So let, let's talk. Okay. Yeah, I do. What's an Amco brake machine go for? Uh, I don't know. Probably five project. Bucks. Probably five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, you would love it. You would love it. That'd be awesome. Just have it sitting in the corner of the show. Dude, the car club would have meetings at your place just to turn <laughs> rotors. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> There's a friend of mine whose dad is a. He's got one. He's an old uh, dirt track race, racer. Mm-hmm. Lives out in Princeville and. Uh, uh, Brimfield, I'm sorry, Brimfield. And yeah, it's like, hey, how's your dad doing? Can he do these brakes for me? <laughs> feel bad for the guy because it's just like people just dump stuff off, like yeah, you know, kittens at a shelter. It's yeah. just like here's a bunch of <laughs> just boxes rotors. of old rotors laying there. Yeah, great. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, the other thing I was going to say, Friday yeah. Night Lights. We didn't talk about this. Did you go to Friday Night Lights? This, this? I didn't. That was last Friday. Yeah, last Friday. No. Did you did... go, Jake? No. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was trunk or treat. A good turnout? I drove through it. I went with the, the Ford's 4Runner, my Tree Hugger 3.0, and I had my lights on everything, kind yeah. of showing off. It was packed. It was slammed. Just when I thought the car scene might be evaporating because there's been some weirdness lately, and it seems like a little lackluster. Sure. Uh, the cars, it was a perfect night for weather for sure. But, man, I've never – I think the uh, Preston did a count. It was 800 or 900 cars were there that oh, night. Wow. It was massive. The turnout last year for the trunk or treat was huge. We went to Costco and got three bags of, co- of candy and ran out. Mm-hmm. It it's, was um, it's the popular way to trick or treat anymore. No one wants to go to someone's house. It's different era. Washington it Street Pekin. Different. I, era. We used to do that every year. We're not going to do it this year. That that that's one of the rare streets in Pekin where okay. people still. Yeah. yeah, you think about country club and stuff like that. There's no sidewalks. Yep. And then everybody's driving with their kids in the car, which is more annoying than anything. Let the damn kids walk. Mm-hmm. Sorry, did I swear we in the regular to, show. No, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We used to walk. I mean, that was the thing. Yep. It was, you'd go through, we set free, drop your bag at home, and then get another bag and go out and hit another neighborhood and just yeah. keep coming back round robin style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was great. But, and then the next day, your knees hurt and you, your parents <laughs> gave you five. Tylenol Children's, and you, you you moved on. That might have just been your household. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Tylenol PM. Part. It was just, <laughs> my knees hurt. Now, Jake, I don't know what kind of projects you have, but I was kind of hoping that, tell us what anything you got going on, because I know you had like a, a quad and some other stuff too. Yeah. But I'd love to hear a roundup of what happened at Southern Cruiser Crawl this sure. year, because you went, so uh, please illuminate us. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of, like, quote-unquote projects. I... Um, 
traded the Tacoma in shortly after Southern Cruiser Crawl because my wife sent me a message and said that's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> but honestly, she was just but really honestly, excited about this Highlander. You were going on uh, two years in the car anyway. That's that's long for you anyway. Yeah, it's very long for me. <laughs> Borrowed yeah, time. I don't know how. I was trying to count how many cars I've had since the last show. Um, <laughs> but but for the folks at home, the the Tacoma was not just your everyday Tacoma because you generally no. don't leave things stock very long. No, it was not stock. Uh, it sat up nice. Tell, t- what's a recap of what you did? So it had a vertex uh, suspension lift from Rough Country, remote reservoirs, upper control arms. It was nice. It was actually kind of mild from what I've done in the past, but that was mm. almost by design because as you get different vehicles and do different things, you realize what you need, what you don't really need. You know, and something that you're driving daily. You've done stuff before where you're like, yeah, I kind of ruined yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I did a- some big stuff before that yeah. I was like, ah, like, superchargers. And I was like, this is really fun to show off. And, <laughs> man, I really miss just putting regular gas in. Yeah. Trey, Trey <laughs> Ivey, speaking of, Trey <laughs> Ivey was in today. And that's a perfect example. The guy's a 2016 Tacoma, 33s or 35s on it, lifted up pretty good, and he put total chaos lower control on mm. to the front, which is is – is, is that the black one you posted before? No, it's 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 okay. like the light blue, but uh, but those lower control arms are overkill because by that time now you've just gone like a whole different level, and it yeah. squeaks. It's kind of noisy. It rides rougher. Yeah, and you kind of took the drivability out of the truck. Looks good though. Yeah, yeah. but you did not do it. The white truck. Was- no, it was a completely hundred percent drivable, enjoyable. Didn't lose its. You know, power was had the right size tires. The bronze the, TRD wheels that on the did. white truck. Yes, loved yeah. it. I almost thought that Ford's would like keep those wheels and do something. Well, they got to take it, pictures but... of it as it sits. So no. yeah, but they, yeah. they're no they're no difference in price in the black ones. Yeah. So um. So anyways, no. I'm, so I'm not seeing it, a tear it, well up it, in the uh, corner of your eye. No, you know? okay. th- th- there really isn't. Um. I got to find my next project. I. In, in May, I came across a, a mutual friend and of someone else that was doing a side by side, and I thought that's that's something that we could do as a as a family. It was the right machine. We just don't have the right time for it. Um, that's being um, the guy that I bought it from is meeting one, and he's buying it. So I'm losing all of my off road. Goodies and that was and, a Polaris Razor. Yeah, Polaris Razor Pro XP. Uh, it's a. It's actually turned out to be in 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 that moment where I work at a Polaris dealer. I there's so many stop runs on these vehicles that you have to like pull up the VIN number and be like, is this a like a halt to operation? Is there a recall? And this one's like one of like a hundred that don't have it. Don't That's have perfect. a problem. Yeah. Um, but we. <laughs> Ne- when I say never used it, we just don't have the time. Lily got into high school, and then you don't think of all the things that come up with high school. And, oh, yeah. Um, like We were like, oh, we both have the weekends off, and it's going to work out great. And no. Not so much. No. Yeah. There's always no. something competing. We probably went too far head, head first into it, thinking that we would want to do the things that we do with the, the you know Toyotas. Not the case at all. I almost kind of was like, I should just get like a just a little UTV thing to put around the property and stuff like that. Or a 96 Tacoma. 
like little mule. Yeah. 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 Something like yeah. that. No, for yeah. real. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's with a bed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, a yeah. dump bed. And, yeah. It's, it's um, better than a quad, really. <laughs> but uh, the Tacoma we traded in, it was uh, one of the few vehicles I've taken to multiple uh, SCC, which is Southern Cruiser Crawl trips. So I got to experience that twice. Um, this year uh, I, I went and then. Uh, my cousin Andrew went again, and we brought uh, a buddy of ours who's big into Toyotas. Um, they used to have like eighty-five Forerunners and were built, you know, solid axle. And yeah, he came out. We we graduated high school together, so that was just a that was a trip in itself. You know, we hadn't gotten together. The last time us three had gotten together was actually like February of twenty twenty. So imagine life in February of 2020 mm-hmm. and now. And a few things have changed. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And, and for those who don't know SCC, I just yeah. want to step back. Southern Cruiser Crawl, it's held every October. It's in yep. Hot Springs, Arkansas. It's at what used to be called Superlift, but I guess now it's called Hot Springs yeah, Off-Road Park. Yeah, just Hot Springs Off-Road Park. Yeah. They got new owners last year that were trying to figure it out. And then this year, they, they really figured it out. Eric, you wouldn't. You wouldn't believe how organized the park was just to get in. Yeah, I've heard that they changed the gateway. They got lanes. They got one ways. They got a specific exit. And you think like, ah, when I first pulled up, you're like, oh, geez. It was easy. That's cool. It was clear, and everyone was moving. I talked to Scott Wernberg about it, and – Scott's one of our our longtime trail team guys, and he said, like, there's an open area that we normally would kind of get to where everything kind of split off. Yeah. And they finally made some decent use of that space, right? Yeah. So RVs are there now, and they're not getting dusted out. And they built a new trail to go around it to get to the backside of the park. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, it's all usable. They got RV spots, tent spots. They got places that people who have larger groups can have their vehicles without being in the traffic lane nice without having to dry you know you just get dusted dust bowled out yeah so logistically um, they did a whole lot of work to they keep did simpler they did yeah and um you know scott was like oh i bet they have a small bulldozer doing this i go i bet they got a mini excavator doing this no 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 <laughs> we're on the trail there's a mini excavator as like i told you Gotcha. <laughs> With a blade on the front of it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, it was a great trip. Scott and Candy came out again, which we had talked before, and Eric, we were really sad that you had missed, but, like, when I decided to go, then they signed up, and then my, yeah. my cousin signed up and our, our buddy, and uh, and we met up with some people that we had gone out to a couple years and um, had a really great time. No one broke anything no one was too abusive uh, a lot of the trails have changed because mm-hmm. they've like the map was different this year than it was the year before yeah i heard i could pitch my map it, you just toss it yeah it is comp- like you think like oh would, would they add like one little loop no like i just compare and i'm like oh boy i i got us lost because this doesn't exist on my map really um it, it, yeah close. there's a lot more uh, trails, but it's the same size park, but there's a lot more trails to it. Um, and then those guys at Southern Cruiser Crawl are wonderful. Um, it was all about Lash uh, uh, this year. He was a he was their treasurer mm-hmm. for Cottonland. Um, he had passed away, and I didn't know that until I got there. And 
like they had recognized me. We had been going for so long. Yeah. They had asked me if I remember. I said, well, yeah. And they go, remember he did the whole speech last year and he had passed away. So mm-hmm. their, their whole thing was a hashtag live like Lash. And Eric, they had the benefit that was for a scholarship for uh, someone that had to be a member of the TLCA, the Toyota Land Cruiser Association, and couldn't be a straight-A student. It had to be a BC student. And I don't know the exact number, but I think they raised, don't quote me, it was ridiculous, the amount of bids on. So, you know, so I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. They they have this item that they would bid where you would bid enough to do the charity raffle. Mm-hmm. You okay. could get like a bag of tickets. And usually it got to like $500. And that person would get the bag of tickets. And it was over 10000 Holy wow. smokes. Wow. Um, it was like crazy to watch it because, he, you know, they just, you know, 10000 And they were getting like. A hundred tickets, but I th- I think they raised over thirty thousand dollars. That would make sense because I've seen eighteen to twenty, and uh, but if the event has grown a little bit and it was and yeah. because of Lash, I could see yeah it, it was it was it was I could see a thirty thousand yeah. yeah. Um, really cool shirts. They had his Land Cruiser up there. Yeah. Um, the rollover that Scott was talking about, we didn't talk about it in the pre-show. I'll talk about it here. There was a company that like builds and refurbishes. 40 series Land Cruisers. And I have a picture of it. It was gorgeous. It was white. It was perfect. For some reason, they decided to take it out on the trail. Which which Mike Fortnite took his 40 on the it, trail years it, it, ago. Yeah. I'm just saying, we did. It can be done. This was a customer's. Oh. Oh, and it's the company showing it off. And the company uh, showing it off. Well, I guess that won't be the customer's okay, so, for long. All right. We, it's Saturday, we're done wheeling, we were trying to find spots to sit, and out of the corner of my eye and, and earshot, I heard this guy say, I'm, I need, we need some help. I got people going to the the hospital, it t- ended up being not as serious as they thought, but they said, I, I, I rolled the 40, and someone mm. said, what are, you t- what are you talking about, what do you mean, like, 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 we can get some sense people out there, and he goes, no, I rolled the 40. And one of the event organizers goes, did you roll the 40? <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, didn't, it took me a little bit to realize that it was the white one that had sat up front for the show. They had taken it on some trail that it just, there was no reason for it to be on. But yeah, a bunch of guys jumped in their vehicles and, and it came back and it left on a, on a, just a flatbed. Tow truck. The, the rear ends have no mobility on those. It they're narrow. Yeah, it was, was it was say, gone. Is it because it gone. it's short wheelbase or it doesn't have that big yeah. a stance or like yeah what? short short wheelbase leaf springs. It just doesn't have the flex. So once it's once those vehicles start to rock, going, yeah, they're not going, there's it's, nowhere for the suspension to move. That you're done. It's you're like, it, going. It's, it's like a solid rear vehicle is what it is at that point. Yeah. It. Yeah. it it just it got out from under him. Mm-hmm. It rolled. I mean, he had you know blood coming down his face, and he thought he broke his arm. I think and ended up dislocating his elbow. I mean, he it was he got banged up pretty good. It, he got banged up bad. Uh, truck itself. I mean, total, total. Uh, seriously, I, I could show you pictures. It's, yeah, I could show you before and after. It's bad. Oh, that sucks. Was it a, kind of a stock build or was yes? It, 
Okay. Yeah. So it, like a restoration. They they didn't do any. It was, it was a gorgeous forty. Everyone, like, that's what they said. You rolled the forty. The forty. The forty. <laughs> oh, it's painful. Um, hmm. And the guy was on a flatbed. We're like, oh man, what's happening? Just well, we don't know because this was a customer's. That oh, waited a long no, time. Oh man, waited. So I mean, yeah, that was a that was a pretty good highlight. Um, yeah. That's something everyone will remember. For Absolutely. Years to come. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one be. thing uh, that we started doing, and man, missed the last two years. Well, now see, I I had to struggle we, with this because I thought I'm like, what? Why did I miss last year? It couldn't have been that big of a reason. 2021. <laughs> you, yeah, you didn't go <laughs> last year. Oh, oh yeah, because my son was homecoming. Homecoming. King. King. Yeah. No, all all valid and and <laughs> oh, that's right. and worthful <laughs> I, reasons. I, I, had, I had to stay. Home but for suddenly, yeah. like yeah. you know, you start thinking, gosh, what has Eric missed? Oh yeah, we didn't go in 2020 because of COVID. Yeah. Um, Holy we, crap! Now we, it's, it, when I go yeah, next, time be four, four years. years. <sighs> so it's um, wow. it's grown. Uh, this year did not feel as packed as twenty one, in probably a good way. Like I think they they limited a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always been really well organized. Yeah. But this year they were extremely organized, and 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 you knew when they were doing the. The stuff that there was a limited number, but um, well, not to not to take anybody down a peg or anything like that, but uh, does does limiting it sometimes kind of keep some of the yes, <laughs> okay, thank oh yeah, you. yeah, know you know, you're going. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to say amateurs or the because there's a time and a place for that. If you're like, yeah. oh, I think I want to get involved, but I think I want to try. Yeah, something I I else. will disagree with that statement on a, an event like FJ Summit because there's an elitist element where those people all click in because it sells out so fast. And it's yeah. like you have to know. You have yeah, to be one of the in and, crowd. And exactly. Yeah. And they could charge a premium. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so they only get a certain crowd. And that can be a bit annoying. Whereas Southern Cruiser Crawl, you. people who show up at Southern Cruiser Crawl, whole different oh, like, totally different society. Vibe. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's um, super, just like the most welcoming that, that you could imagine. Um, yeah, we had a great time. We stayed at the KOA. We always do. Uh, we ate at the Colonial breakfast every day. <laughs> Um, was, that was guy's it? still at the table. Yeah, absolutely, the he's manage, like a regular there. The ma- no, the manager who yeah, berates yeah, the, his employees oh, in front of the yep. in front of the customers. He is still there. <laughs> still That's there. my kind of restaurant. Mm-hmm. Still there. Uh, um, no, I, it's an event that that I will I'll probably always go to it as long as they have it, just because. Yeah. Um, it, the you know the park's not this. You know, it, it's great to wheel in any kind of weather, but it had been like we could tell it had been more dry there than it had been here recently. Mm-hmm. The, the, du- the dust could get bad. The dust was brutal. Let me ask you this too. I know we've talked about it in previous shows and stuff, and and someday I'd like to be a fly on the wall and go to one of these. You things. need to come. I really oh, would. Yeah. I really would. Yeah. Does absolutely. anybody take anything stock? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you could take like let's say. Yep. A five-year-old Tacoma, or I could, I could take Tree, tree Hugger 3.0 out there. Yep. Yeah, and there'd be no issues with well it, getting hung it, up. on It stuff would be I, I'd be scraping and banging going down some trails that Tree Hugger one didn't bother me. It would probably phase me with 3.0 yeah. if I don't lift it just a little bit. Yeah, but there's definitely you can have fun without being lifted. But man, once you've tasted some of those back trails, yeah. it, it's hard you, not to do those. Yeah, and it, it was hard. It, uh, it's a gateway. It's I, a I've gateway taken drive. the like I took the razor out um, w- to one park, 
And I did have some, you know, those things. They just they don't beat you up, and yeah. you could ride all day. And <laughs> I was like, if I had the razor here, I would totally be doing this. Just dumb. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the the flip side is. Uh, you can take totally stock, and you can get to spots where you can watch. And that's something that we did um, this year. Was we made a point to stop and watch some of these, you know, rear wheel steer Toyota crawl, built purpose built machines, and you watch them. Um, it's really cool. Like I've never like we've stopped and watched them bang up the obstacles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you get like a, I can't think of Bill's last name. Oh, Bill with the cowboy hat. Yeah, when when you watch, he's got a buggy. He's got a buggy. Yeah, Yeah. when you watch guys like that, that don't care about their rig, that's one thing. (laughs) But where they're not tearing it up, they're not abusing. They are very much placing those tires, and it's like a dance. Yeah, and and that's that's was that was a really cool part of it, where you watch these these vehicles and they're dancing, Mm -hmm. and you can just tell. Boom. It's like Boom. choreography. Very yeah. much. Very much. And you're like, there's no way this thing's going to get up there. And you, you watch them work it, and you're like, all right. Yeah. Cool. And I, I, the new thing this year was there were a lot of rear wheel steer buggies that were electronic. And watching someone spot a rear wheel steer is different than a front wheel. I can't even imagine. It, 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 was, it was different because you think, oh, well, and then you hear them. Because you're know, doing like, are you doing two hands in front of each other or something? Passenger or? rear. Now, and they'd have this setup where it's toggle switch. Is all electric steer? Electric, electric okay. in the rear, and they would adjust it and leave it. It it, it was dancing, up up rock faces. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. That's because I, I remember, um, you know, years ago watching some people build stuff where it was all hydro boost. Everything's hydraulic controlled and stuff. So you've got all kinds of not servos. I don't know what you call them, but yeah, you know, like assist and stuff like that. But you can do electric. I've seen people add electric power steering to older British cars and things that didn't come with it. Yep. You can, you can. Add None of them had a wheel. It was like a turn signal, like a little just, pad. You know, just, just a pad. That's crazy. <laughs> and but the spotter, um, it's like a mouse. Yeah, like they had a specific <laughs> person that would spot rear wheel steer. It was a completely different. I'd be so type of conversation. Out. Yeah. <laughs> now there was a couple of years ago. I sat with Stork and we watched some of that. We watched Bill and those guys mm-hmm. go up. Were you there that year? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I remember. No, I, I haven't missed a year. Okay, and I I just, just remember saying. us doing that. But I think I think there was also the year the guy showed up with a souped up FJ Cruiser and said he was going to show up. Oh yeah, and, that, and, and that's why and we didn't all do nothing. He, he never came out there. <laughs> I mean, to his credit. He didn't roll his show truck. No, he did. Yeah, but so. it was an all show. It was. Yeah. And yeah, no Stork go. was pretty infatuated. <laughs> Stork still have his FJ? Yeah, yeah. He does. No kidding. He's held true to the FJ. Yeah, he's overlanded. I, mean, oh, I say overlanded. He's driven across the country, slept in it. Yeah. He's got a little. Yeah. Di- he's got a diesel heater in it? I don't know if it has a diesel heater in it. Or some something. kind of electric heater, maybe? Yeah. 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 Something impressive. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I'm glad you got a chance to get out, and you're still active in it. And even if you don't have a pretty sweet Tacoma, yeah. you'll find something. Absolutely, find something by yeah. by next year. I don't know. Maybe you could off road <laughs> off road the Rav no. Rav Four. No, no, that would be can't. rather hilarious until you smoke the Trans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd, yeah. It'd be done. And no, then be back at Forts trying to get it replaced. I think I it, do have lifetime warranty. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is funny though, because. Like as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about uh, 
Oh shoot! What's the uh, the one on the back side uh, that's named uh, Rubicon? Rubicon. Rubicon Ridge. I, I love yeah. Rubicon yeah. Ridge. And yeah. and 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 sliding and sliding down yep. those rocks, knowing yep. this is a one way trip, yep. baby. I'm not coming back yep. out of here. I've got so, it. so remember you. So remember the section where you can go up it, and I think it was we all like just powered away up it, and uh, Jeff Chisholm had to pull Malmgren up it. Yeah, yeah. We had never gone down it. No. Yeah, we went down it this year. Why did? You, oh, because they turned it around. No, we had just gotten to that top point and decided to go down, and it is every bit of terrifying going <laughs> down is trying to go up it. It's yeah. it's that yeah. slick. Yeah, it's that less scary. No, it's not. Chisholm would be a great guy to have on the show, and he was in the shop here about a month ago, and uh, love that dude. He's a uh, he good guy. Um, he's like the ambassador. They actually pay him now. Polaris gives yeah. him a a whatever those things are called, mm-hmm. UTV, mm-hmm. to take tours out for newbies. And Jeff's handicapped. He, uh, he got paralyzed from, from the midsection down mm-hmm. years ago in a farming accident. So he does everything by hand controls. But he's super capable. He's gone mm-hmm. off-roading with us in his Tacoma. He's got a supercharged Tacoma with air lockers, ARB, front and rear. Nice. Uh, great guy. And, uh, yeah, he, he'd be a fun talk. But the one thing I got from the conversation I had with Jeff was all this time he spends at the Badlands in Attica, Indiana, is – now a normal day there is like what a busy Saturday used to be. So mm. so Tuesday wow. through Friday, it's or Tuesday through Thursday, it's just the parking lot's full. But on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, I guess it is bonkers out there. Mm. He said it's not even really fun. The weekdays, you you don't even want to go on the weekends. Wow, is it just because it's accessible? It's close mm-hmm. to big metropolitan areas. Yes, it's the only, it's a thing. Okay. It, it's probably the closest to Chicago that's of any substance. And I think the Polaris Polaris hobby is probably right now peaking. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you say? Or? You know, in the short time I've been involved. Um, I don't know that it's peaking, but I can definitely see the reason why there's so many of them. I used to you know, be one of those guys like, oh, they're just taking over. Uh, no, there's a reason why. Um, they are purpose-built, and yeah. and it's, it is it is a lot of fun, and you don't have to have all jacked up like, like I had. But, sure. you know, there are guys that do because that's what they, that's what they do, but I, I see the... You see the, the draw appeal. to it. Oh yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I and and it also gives me a little bit new respect for why they're in like what as a Toyota or a Jeep even, you think, oh, they're just always in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get rocked, you know, we get beat up in the car. They're not. So they're not in a hurry. They're just enjoying the time because <laughs> Well, it's different. Yeah. It's so different I, I do have a different uh, view on that. Eric probably still doesn't share that. No, I, 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 but I, just, I, but I do. I just have a problem with the people who have them because they don't respect the territory. Yeah, that's and so and and you can bad. give any idiot the keys of these things, and they think they're a four wheeling genius. Any idiot to keys to Jeep and Toyota. yeah, but it's more so with those because they really no obstacle stops them. So I, I'll I'll. I'll be there because you and I were there in Moab when the, that family drove around us through the weeds because they didn't want to wait on us on, on your Land Cruiser. Remember that? I wouldn't have waited on us. <laughs> would, you, would you have driven through the, the the brush? Oh, you're talking about off the trail? Yeah, remember when they no, went? No, yeah, that that's just disrespect. It, you can go on the internet and see an FJ Cruiser that's off the trail. That yeah. that that I just feel is 
anybody. And no, I would not have. I don't do the off trail thing. Yeah, just a little. No. Little respect. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Had yep. I saw an FJ yep. do it, I'd probably hate all FJs. Just well, the same way I hate Wranglers. The, the last <laughs> couple FJ summits, part of the reason why I believe they gave up, or people were doing that stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is a wide open area. I'm gonna drive my truck, and get a picture over here. That's not uh, what that's. That's a whole nother. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, any anything else you learned or saw? Did was there any uh, Toyota people there or anything like that? No, okay. they didn't have any of the manufacturers. No reps. No, no reps. reps. Missed opportunity, maybe. I would like to. Oh, have, very much. It would be awesome to have Regan on the show, because Regan went to the Toyota National Dealer meeting uh, last month. Yeah. And they showed the new Tacoma. They showed, and I, they talked about a new FJ Cruiser product coming out that's going to be, some, it's going to be. Electric? No. This is some kind oh. of a gas-powered, uh, like, Ford Bronco beater thing. Good. But I'm not sure. They've, they've done this. Toyota it, it, probably still won't take the top off. I was going to say, it's not going to be open they keep, air, right? They keep pulling <laughs> the rug on us every time. So I would love to have Regan on the show to you know to talk about it. You know, at some point, we're just going to have the round table. You know, we'll get Gabe and Regan and you and just, and, and just yeah, we just talk Toyota for like there two hours. Go. Why not? Let's do that. <laughs> the Toyota Summit, right? Yeah. We could do it around auto show season because I don't think anyone goes to auto shows anymore. Yeah, right. Oh, we whole, do. We do a whole weekend of it. Do you? Do you go, yeah. We like go Chicago? to Chicago. We stay at the... Marriott, right there at the show. Stay no the kidding. whole weekend. We we'll go for two days. I kind of want to go to the auto year. show. I kind of want to. It's we don't. We don't miss years. it. You haven't been in Chicago in that long. It's been at least ten years since. Yeah, I used to go as a kid. When is it? I think it's in February. February yeah. I can get yeah. tickets. I'll just have to remind me. I'll get them coming. We'll okay. Yeah. yeah. But we we trip. spend two days in the auto show. That there. seems excessive. Well, there's enough to do. There's enough to do. How many key rings do you possibly need? Oh, well. <laughs> it's bags. I need a lanyard. I need a free bag. No, yeah. if if you if you you can breeze through it like a car show at anywhere Levy like District. Yeah, but like you can do the the ride and drives and all that stuff, and we typically do that and walk around, and then there's other activities and. Absolutely. No, we do. We make a weekend of it. My kids got like free Bluetooth speakers because they were standing right at the Toyota gal mm-hmm. who was asking questions, and my kids like raising their hand. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, I remember my daughter got super excited because she got to drive in a Prius V when they first launched. Prius V, Prius V, Dad. I'm like, shut up. Everybody thinks you're really weird right now. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we're going to get kicked out of here. We're going to find out that your dad works for Toyota. Yeah, right. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's good stuff. Anything else going on, Jake, that we need to know about before we move on to the... No. The, All right. Is it that time for uh, what I think it is? Maybe. I don't know. Let's see what you push. It's time for the news. Such an important theme right there. It is. It is. Uh, international news, Daryl. This should come as no shock to anybody, but Volkswagen Group is looking for an investor to take over its factory in... Kaluga. Where, where, you know where Kaluga's at? Where the heck is that? Sounds like a, like a horn in one of your cars. Kaluga. <laughs> Southwest of Moscow, where the production of it is halted soon after the Ukrainian oh, war began. Oh, that Kaluga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. BW yeah. said it's looking at various scenarios for the future of its business in Russia, and one option is to sell its assets to a third party. No decision has been made yet. That's from Automotive News. They haven't been, I mean, Burger King or McDonald's sold all their franchises here a while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember reading that. I'm surprised Volkswagen's hung on this long. I wonder how many other businesses are. Ain't Kubota's being made in Russia right now? Not that I'm aware of. I know Caterpillar had something going on in in, uh, in Russia years ago. You have to wonder, right, how many companies are still doing things There's there? There's a lot. 
Just keep Probably. it really low key. Probably. Uh, who's investing in that though? You think it's Russians? Is, I don't know. Is, is it going to be an emerging market in a few years? You think, or is there? I don't. Th- I don't see for, uh, foreign investment being a big thing in Russia. No, I think it's very insular. I just wonder what what cars are being pumped out of the Russian factory too. I mean, if you have a problem with that factory, they say, so what? This is this is what you get. You know. You don't think there's the quality control standards are that strict? I don't know. Probably not. Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I being too ethnocentric, or I want to say, uh, uh, no? Well, here's here's soon putting my values on them. Their draft or whatever. Mm-hmm. They won't have anybody to work. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, good point. That's I, what's... I'm trying to think though. Has there ever been anything that we've purchased as consumers here in the states that was like made in Russia? No, I don't think there's ever oil. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind a Russian car. There was a Chaika limousine that showed up like a year ago. It's like one of those old, like Cold War era limousines that looks like a Packard, but it was like from the '60s. You'd have to do LS swap it, right? I mean, if you had... <laughs> yeah. Well, this thing ran and drove. It was like fully restored and then shipped yeah. over here yeah. somehow. But this is one of those scenarios where you buy a car like that, you know, parts are gonna be a nightmare yeah. unless you really like speaking to people in Poland or something like that. Yeah. Uh, right. LS swap it. You know, just and, and, and just deal with all the electronics and the doors yeah. going bad eventually. Like the Russian cars everyone makes fun of, the Ladas, the little cheap ones. Yeah. They actually exported those into Canada for a while in like the 80s as like a cheap, kind of like, remember how we got the Yugos? Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. were like, ah, oh, people bought them for like five grand. <laughs> well, I got a new car. You're like, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> but over in Canada, they actually sold the Ladas for like 10 years and they did not. Go figure, did not sell well or run very well. But every once in a while, one of them will show up on, like, bring a trailer or something. Yeah. Someone in, in, like, Toronto selling this. I could see you jumping on, like, I mean, the Lada is, like, one of those cars you see in, like, the spy movies, right? Yeah. Where they're always racing out of control and there's a piece of junk. Like, born identity and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I could see you buying, if, if a, a Mint Yugo came up for sale in Peoria. Dude, but, there for, were three of them in Farmington for sale that were, He's like, already looked. It was, like, a thousand bucks. And I'm like... One had a title. The other two were parts cars. And I'm like, that would be cool. It could, like, make one nice one out of three. But obviously my wife was not having that. Um, <laughs> did you guys ever know anybody that had a Yugo? Or, one of no. my best friends in high school died in a Yugo. He rolled it and uh, killed him. He was, like, 16 or 17. Really? And I, I, and I did I, I, As we got in this conversation, I forgot about it until just now. Yeah. Yeah. So I sorry to bring it down. But No, uh, it's fine. But we always wondered. Had he lived, would he lived if he was not in that Yugo? I don't know. If he was in like a much safer car, like a Ford yeah. Escort yeah. or something. And then as a parent, I mean, I think that had to be the worst too. You wonder the same thing. Yeah, he was at a tragic wreck. Well, I didn't well, know well. anyone that had a Yugo. No. They were big for a little bit up in the suburbs, like big pizza delivery people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And anybody well, it who was a forty nine ninety five car, wasn't it? When it, it was, was Yeah, it was dirt cheap. Yeah. Do you um do you remember the movie Dragnet? Yeah. With Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks? Yeah. Like there's a riff about that where they keep getting demoted and they keep getting their their patrol car mm-hmm. goes from like an LTD to like an escort to a Yugo, mm. yeah. and in the end, like the guy, one of the guy the bad guys like flips it off of the Hollywood Hills or something. Yeah, off the off the observatory. Yeah, the only thing I remember from that movie <laughs> is the the uh, the Satan worshippers. Yeah, and remember there's a line I love the dance in my goatskin pants. <laughs> 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 anyway. Well, we started talking about uh, Jacob's uh, penchant for not wearing shorts, and then we're talking about Eric's goatskin pants. So we probably should get back to the news here. All right. 
Uh, in national news, following a surge in traffic deaths in 2021, the U.S. Department of Transportation Federal Highway Administration is urging states to work with local leaders and advocacy ad- associations to assess the most dangerous roads for pedestrians and cyclists and develop plans to make them safer. The new guidance announced today is part of DOT Secretary Pete, is it Mayor Pete? Is that how he goes by? Mayor Pete Buttigieg? <laughs> I can't even say it. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. It's a yeah, broader national roadway safety strategy is a long-term plan to eliminate traffic fatalities that he unveiled in January. That's from Bloomberg. We'll, we'll post a link to that article. Um, I've noticed like there's now, like when I was going down Sheridan. Yes. To go to the taco place? Yes. Now we got, the, the road is now constricted and yeah. there, there's like space all over the place. But I, I've never seen a bicycle up there. Uh, go through the south end of Peoria, or I mean, there's down uh, by Sugar and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's bike average. lanes on either either mm-hmm. side. So streets that did have parking on both sides, two lanes of traffic are now schmooshed. Yeah. And I think that's great in some areas that adopt things like riding your bike to work or walkable workplaces and stuff like that. Or if you have housing close to shopping and things like that, sure, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. If that's some sort of mandate for like. DOT funding to redo a roadway. It's like, yeah, we'll give you $20 million to redo the stretch of road, but you have to have, like, pedestrian-friendly this and, mm. you know, triple-wide sidewalks and bike lanes and all kinds of bells and whistles. Yeah. I think we need to relook at that. I, and I'm not trying to say that like a, like I hate cyclists and pedestrians. I, I don't. But he does. No, I don't. Like, there's some cities where it's get out of the car, walk around, and you experience the city. By the way, it's also good economic incentives because when you get people out of their car, they're going to wander through the stores. They're going to go to the restaurants. They're going to go to the bars. They're going to spend more money. I get it in certain instances, but like the south end of Peoria on Howitt Street on the way to the airport, (laughs) nobody's riding a 10-speed going like, you know, this is a great, great thing to do here. Well, maybe if you maybe if you open it up, they can ride their ten speed faster, so that way if they're being chased, <laughs> they would do it with like the uh, the two stroke motor on it. Exactly. Yeah, they're all, they're all motorized. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I get the, so like down where Sugar's at and down by the uh, ballpark. Yeah, like Adams and Washington. you can. And uh, I was at Zion the other day. I mean, yeah, yeah. let let's slow down traffic. Sure. Let's let people be able to walk cross the street without having yeah. to worry about. You know, I think that's fine if we're going to make a retail district. But to, to cast, like, a, a mile stretch, you know, mm-hmm. through Upper Peoria, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, Orange Prairie Road extension out towards, like, Dunlap. You see that, where there's, like, you know, four lanes of shimmering cement and uh, <laughs> yeah. bicycle lanes and lights. And, like, who? nobody's on it. <laughs> nobody's going here. No. Yeah. Now, some of that might be chicken, what is it, cart before the horse, yeah. chicken the egg scenario, where it's, like, if you build it, they will come. But I've also seen some boondoggles where they'll build something and ain't nobody no, coming. No, yeah, and I so. and I think that's why, uh, like the the railroad trails they'll do. I think those are important mm-hmm. because people actually use those. They're a separate connecting leg, and it's for recreation on your bikes and stuff like that. Really, as somebody who rides a bike with a family, yeah, uh, I would rather take any bike trail any day of the week that's not attached to a road. When I'm riding with my family. Agreed. You know how stressful yeah. it is to ride a bike when you know cars are passing by at 45, 55 miles an hour? And yeah. even as a good driver. I there's... don't because I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> even as a good driver, though, there's times where I've – I had a guy on a bike yelling <laughs> at a near me. miss? <laughs> well, yeah. I was at Westlake. I was at Westlake. I was getting something at Panera and, like, random guy on a bike, which is fine. Big parking lot. Mm-hmm. But I – 
didn't see him. I went to turn. He's like, you know, expletives. You know, yeah. like, started screaming at me. Yeah. And, a, you know, my initial reaction was like, what a jerk. And Sarah's like, you kind of almost ran him over. I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing, though. Like, so you have to have some sort of planning. Well, hey, there's been times I've switched lanes. Didn't realize somebody was in my blind spot. Oh, I got honked at. Well, you're you're an idiot. Yep, I, I understand. It's, it's car car to car contact. Guess what? Nobody's probably going to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But somebody on a bike or a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the jetpacks? Where's the flying cars? Not happening. Sorry. All right. Can we take this one? You got George it. was just born, right? <laughs> it was. George yeah, Jetson yeah, was George born. George Jetson was just uh, born. That's right. So. It's coming. It's all coming. It's the prophecy. Uh, okay, so I'll take this next one here. Uh, th- through nine months of the year, sales of new electric vehicles are up 70%. It's according to some uh, new data from Kelly Blue Book. 70% of dealers have moved to an estimated 576,408 new EVs. Very specific. Yeah, come, you know, <laughs> plus or minus 60,000. But in the used EV market, the turning point might come in January 2023. That's when the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 goes into effect. The act, also referred to as the IRA, because, you know, there's no negative connotations with the (laughs) letters IRA. That's the Irish Republican Army, right? Exactly. Uh, That includes first-ever tax credits for a used electric vehicle, and that's according to Auto Remarketing. It's a newsletter. Uh, Let me ask you this. When we start talking about incentivizing EVs, Mm -hmm. the focus has always been on new. Yeah. But again, with new vehicle prices and the interest rates being what they are, things like that, maybe consumers turning to used EVs is probably a good thing. Do EVs get to a point, though, where, like, is anybody buying a 10-year-old Chevy Volt? I can't imagine. But I think that if somebody had a 3-year-old Nissan Leaf off a lease, yeah, that may not be a bad purchase. And if they throw a couple extra thousand dollars. But all that's doing is pumping up the value on those cars. I have to imagine. I can see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not going to yeah. reduce anything. No. It's it's, it's now now it's the same. I mean, some of your listeners may not believe it, but it's the same concept of hey, let's give money to go to college. Well, what what happened to college? Like, it raises the price. Of college. You, you can't say yeah. we'll take off ten thousand dollars of your debt without a college going. We're just going to go from forty to fifty. So you're saying them giving free money to get cars oh. isn't necessarily going to translate into a cheaper car. No. Oh, man. Somebody's making it up somewhere. It's more <laughs> expensive. Yeah. <laughs> there will be somebody in the middle making more money because the federal government's throwing some money at it. I understand incentivizing something to get it off the ground or because it's a good economic, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> um, uh, policy. Uh, driver policy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you start getting into used things that, I don't know. What else do we incentivize that would be used? Housing, <laughs> college. <laughs> I don't. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, of those. Just throwing wrenches. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a great question. I, I, I just really believe it has to be an oddly specific car. I mean, I think that if we get a couple year old Tesla, a couple year old Bolt, or something, or a Nissan Leaf, those are cars that uh, it actually the Leaf drops like a, a rock in its its retail value. Yeah, it does. Um, it so does. I wonder if there's been a problem moving those cars. Or is it a problem where, like the Leaf, where they don't want them to end up in a landfill? In garbage. Yeah. So they're just trying to keep them on the road as useful as possible. Yeah. The other thing, too, is the government, when it tends to incentivize. Picks winners and losers. It picks winners and losers. Mm -hmm. But also, to some extent, 
It's to help an industry. It's to help yeah. the automotive, like the manufacturing industry here, the automotive industry and in, in, in cars that are produced here in the States. You know, when they were doing all kinds of things like, you know, the Chevy Volt, I think, had like, when that came out, it was like a seven or $10,000 yeah. uh uh, rebate or something like that that was like, okay, now we get it to an affordable spot, but then we also get people like, hey, maybe maybe we start buying an American-built EV, which was great, but this was like 2012. Yeah. That's before there was a lot of other competition. Nowadays, there's all kinds of EVs out there. It doesn't matter really where it is because everybody's making one. I, I'd be interested to see it, you know, what there was a press release with this. I, I would say this all comes back from the backlash from, as you hear uh, that EVs are not affordable for the common man. Mm-hmm. So now the only people benefiting from the, the rebates as they've been standing would be rich people. Yeah. So somebody in Congress or some policymaker said, you know what we need to do? <sighs> we need to have some kind of incentive for people who can't afford brand new ones. And that's probably how this went. And again, going back to the original thought, no matter how much incentive they put on them, it's not going to translate necessarily into more inexpensive cars. Somebody's going to make up that money somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I don't know if this policy is really that beneficial to anybody. But I'm hoping I can auto get manufacturers some sort of government subsidy to buy a 2012 Ford C Max hybrid. <laughs> I'm holding out hope. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, speaking of General Motors, uh, Eric, you want to take this one? I know oh, you're sure. a big GM fan. Yeah, you know, the Detroit Free Press, I've often said it, is uh, our news bureau here for the show. So this is from Jamie LaRue. GM is bringing back salaried workers back to the office three days a week. Three days a week, kids, starting January 30th. The uh, General Motors has set the end of January as a time for bringing U.S. salaried employees back to the office. Earlier this week, GM department heads started meeting with their teams to discuss the automakers' plans to bring the workforce back to the office on a more regular schedule. People familiar with the plans uh, told the Free Press. The people asked not to reveal their identity because they were not authorized to speak to the media. It's a secret. Don't tell anybody they're coming back. GM spokesman Maria Reynolds stopped short of confirming the timing but said the company is talking to employees about the policy for returning to the office. Do you have like that the sad horn noise? Yeah, I've got it somewhere here. Let me find it. Uh, Apparently I don't. I think my card got wiped out. Oh, when I pulled it and put it back in, did I screw up? I don't know. Oh, there it is. That works well. Let me ask you this though: that's not. I can't believe people have still. I mean, Elon Musk, he created an uproar. Yeah. What? What a year ago when he told everybody to come back to work? It was like yeah, nine months. I don't know. I don't think it was that long ago. Yeah, but it was like, hey, you guys need to come back to work, or or I'm gonna quit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but you hear that in other industries, you know, locally. I know Caterpillar, other big manufacturing industries. They're they're like, okay, we've done, the, we've done the thing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come back to the office? Couple couple days a week to start. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard too much, you know, gnashing of teeth and you know pickets. Y- and stuff you like have that. worked from home. Let me ask you this: Was it terrible yeah. to go back for a little bit? No, I actually i i enjoy going to work. I I work. For in the office as much as I can. Yeah, when I went to the taco place the other day in downtown Peoria, uh-huh. Katrina's. Yeah, uh, everybody's like, "Oh, I love that place." I'm at work. You know, we go down there all the time, and I'm like, "Oh," and that place got packed. I got there right before noon. Oh yeah, it's busy. And at noon, I mean, it, there were people everywhere, and there was OSF people, there was cat people. Sure. I'm like, there's a whole economy down here that relies on mm-hmm. people being in the office. Go figure. A downtown area with offices yeah. and people working yeah. might need a place for people to eat lunch. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That's yeah, foreign idea. No. I, 
I mean, you guys are also different kind of lines of work you guys are both in. You can remote to some extent. You can use technology to supplement mm-hmm. to some extent. Mm-hmm. You can. There's some industries where you don't ever need to be in an office. I get it. But at the same time, do you guys think there's some benefit, especially in – like manufacturing, tech, sales, things like that. I think with team, anytime you rely on a team, I think being face to face at some point matters, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. That you can do a team environment five days a week on the road or away from each other. Maybe. Maybe Jake's saying you can. <laughs> yeah. I don't know I, I'm. I'm in the boat of uh, depending on the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're customer centric, sales, you are um, having that central area. That customers would go to obviously yeah. is beneficial, but is the remote capacity absolutely? Um, if I looked back on a previous part where I worked from home, where it was like a call center type, mm-hmm. no way did you have to have an office. And I'm on the team of they probably only want to bring them back because they're paying a lease on the property. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there there yeah. are a lot of industries that should just be fully there there were and what people don't talk about is there was enough work from home before COVID that right. you don't realize like the people were right. just I've been doing this for ten years and you think ten years? What do you mean? But there was like oh, it was always my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and yeah I think you're hearing less of the uproar be- probably because the people that were just adamant of doing it, they just found some other place. The job market for the long time was hot. Mm. And those that just refused to go to the office realized, oh, I'll just go somewhere else, right? And yeah. then there are people that joined back. And I think companies knew that. I think like GM knows that, well, uh, labor's the largest uh source of revenue like you you got it like the biggest budget i guess the line item in a budget there will be yeah. some attrition due to this and then we'll gain some back i think the days of being in the uproar like what elon did uh those are gone think i think so yeah i mean there's something also to be said i've heard this phrase bantered about quite a bit is this is the type of corporate culture that we want right oh. we want to foster some sort of corporate, corporate. culture i've touched a nerve as i'm <laughs> oh, you yeah. struck I'm it i mean that. i can, oh, almost, I can feel so the whiplash bad. over here but i do feel like once the boomers are gone sorry there there is no, some it, sort it, of generational yes. there has there to was be. a place for it they were very successful it's not working anymore what's not working overall just the the approach the mm-hmm. yeah this is how work should be yep. uh-huh Mm-hmm. I, I I can see that. There's definitely work a hard and get divide. rewarded. That's I think people are moved on from that. I think it's more about if you work hard, do you enjoy it? What can you get back? You know, what back either time or something sure. that you enjoy. I'm surprised too. GMs t- this pick mm-hmm. three days a week as opposed to like full time Monday cautious. through Friday. Yeah, they're, be, they're being cautious. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. dip our toe in the water. Just like I'm going to throw this but, ultimatum kind of out there. Mm-hmm. But but I think for a company like GM or the big companies like that, there's probably enough that needs to be in the office, as Eric said, for the team environment aspect of it. Because yeah. honestly, I think that's probably most of the innovation excuse me, innovation and change happens is at the water coolers where 
on the surface, it looks like a waste of time, but that's, I mean, some of the greatest ideas were on napkins, right? Or started in garages. That's right. That's right. Steve so, Jobs story. Yeah. So, speaking of General Motors, this, this next story. Yeah, th- this is all you. This is totally weird, yeah. and I don't know. I worked on my fridge. I didn't put it in my project, so I'm interested to see where this goes. Did your fridge go out? I had to defrost it because the drain was frozen on it. Is that what you, Oh, yeah. You had some, you have, you've had some kitchen issues, <sighs> my friend. Yes. Did you get all that sorted? Maybe. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, we'll, look. maybe we'll do a post show. No, maybe we'll do some yeah. flooring upstairs. Yeah. Um, no, this this one really is not local news. T- typically, we try to have an international, national, and local news. Story. And local is generally Rivian or something in Peoria that's upset yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, however, this is something I just didn't have any other place to put it. So my sister in law's fridge went out. It's less than a year old. It's an LG. It was a really nice fridge. They got a whole new suite. Um, Everything just started defrosting and died. And it was like, okay, well, we know what the part is. It's some control board or something like that. But you're just going to be without a fridge till we get this thing. We don't know where we're, we're going to get this part in. Awful, right? Wow. Awful. And I think it was like a $2,300 fridge. Yeah, they're not cheap. So that reminded me of old fridges that, like, my parents had or, like, my dad had at his work. He had, he had this old, like, mid-50s Frigidaire yep. that was, like... A tank. And this thing, he had to defrost it once a year. That was it. The thing just ran and ran and ran. And it was amazing. And they actually tore that part of the building down. (laughs) I think they just probably got rid of the fridge. It probably ended up in a landfill. And I guarantee if they dug it up 20 years from now, plugged it in, it would work. Yeah. However, I saw, like, so I was thinking about, like, how nothing, nothing, lasts anymore right you get in that curmudgeon space where you're like everything new is terrible all right Gabe. so this article came up and it was in my feed it was from the drive.com which actually i've been reading more and more um this says the title is great it's called cold start the rise and fall of car companies building refrigerators <laughs> and as folks may or may not know frigidaire started as a subsidiary of um general motors chrysler had their own refrigeration division called air temp Ford had their own International Harvester, mm-hmm. had their own American Motors. Everybody had their own. Your Cadillac, does it say Frigidaire? Yeah, all the parts okay. on there, the compressor, yeah. all that stuff's Frigidaire. I had a a Ford Fairlane 64, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 500 sports coupe, and it had that air conditioner. It was a Frigidaire. Sitting underneath the dash. Yep. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's so funny. So you go to an old car show, and you see something like, like an old badge or something. You're like, oh, yeah, my grandparents had a stove with that same f- thing on yeah. it. Yeah. So it was a great little write-up, and it was kind of a, a trip down memory lane. Um, automakers avoid the term appliance like the plague these days. It's come to define a kind of characterless car that exists to get people from point A to point B and nothing more. But that hasn't always been the case. Back in the mid-20th century, your average home was stocked with stoves, washing machines, air conditioners, and especially refrigerators built by various divisions of Ford, GM, AMC, and so much more. It might sound odd today to think of buying an International Harvester fridge or a Chrysler Home AC unit, but it was once a common sight thanks to a unique mix of socioeconomic factors that all converged in the post-war era. And by the way, this might not seem like fun hobby reading material, but Mm -hmm. it totally was. And it just goes on and on. It talks about the history of them and all that. But the bottom line is car makers used to make fridges and other appliances, and they made them very, very well, kind of like they used to make the old cars. Mm-hmm. And everyone remembers a Frigidaire from their childhood. I, my grandparents had this one with this giant chrome, like, 
vent on the bottom. And I remember it was like always spotless and it was just, it was really cool. Like the big, uh, remember the aluminum ice cube trays? Mm-hmm. You like bust them with a the little lever. lever. Yeah. So maybe automakers, I'm thinking, you know, these things are still running. And in a lot of cases, uh, people paint them up, have them like pinstriped and repainted and like turned into garage or shop fridges. Like, yep. damn, that's awesome. That thing's seven years old. It still works better than, you know, my two year old Samsung. So maybe automakers should get back in the game. I think there's money there. Maybe people <laughs> people want stuff that lasts. And then maybe they're willing to pay a premium. Who knows? Everything's so expensive now. You folks here today uh, to buy a washing machine or a fridge or the new Corolla. What, a new Corolla. what are you looking for? <laughs> and that's what I think, though. Like, we're, we're taking some of the, I don't know, some of the passion, some of the charisma out of automobiles. They're just an appliance. They do a job, just yeah, like your washing do. machine. Why, not, why doesn't Sony or all these other companies just make... Make everything. It's coming. I mean, we know that about Sony. Yeah. Yeah, and Apple. I mean, I'm sure there'll be an Apple fridge at some point in our maybe lives, to- right? Maybe Toyota needs to make a, you know, a side-by-side washer uh, double oven or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I Yeah. I, that We go down that rabbit hole. I think they do one product really well, so they might as well just leave it alone. But, I'd uh, buy a Toyota dishwasher. I'm just saying. Yeah? Yeah. I'm tired of replacing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many other friends. My brother was he he has got a relatively newer GE dishwasher, mm-hmm. replaced a pump motor or something, and then it started leaking and like all these plastic fittings. And he's like, you know what? It knock goes. It goes. Yeah. Knock on wood. It's just one of those things. I Somebody should make something good. Yeah. Now I will say this because I worked for Zold's when I was a kid, which is a department was, store. Yeah, it was a de- department store. There was one in Fairbury, and we had appliance delivery because we sold appliances. And we carried out so many of those old, and I and I was part of that delivery crew that take like three of us to get these out of these farmers' basements. Oh, like those an old, ju- uh, the, especially the chest ones. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, they were heavy. And we had this one guy show up. His name was Elmer in Fairbury. He was like the recycling guy. Guy was as big as a bear, and he could grab these things, just wrap his arms around him, just bear hug, him. and just bear <laughs> him and throw him on his truck. You know, Two hundred pounds. This steak bed truck, and I don't know what happened to all those. Mm. But I, I I think about it. I mean, the compressor obviously wasn't efficient, but I imagine it was about the insulation and the steel on these things. And you have to wonder now because you can take the sleeves out of stoves and the the sides off stoves. Could we have just insulated those with the materials yeah. we have now and made those things fifty percent more efficient? Probably. There's some logic in that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But the other thing too is. You know, I, I think this this notion of planned obsolescence. If you make you know, if you make a fridge so good that you're not going to see that customer for thirty years, mm-hmm. what are you doing in those thirty years? You're, what else are you making and selling? That's the thing. Not yeah. everybody is going to be out buying a fridge at the same time. And it was great in the '40s and '50s when you were doing housing booms and everybody was building single family homes. Post war, mm-hmm. everyone had money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but it's just it's just not sustainable as a company. What about the, the think about the repairability, and I think that's happening with with cars, right? But like, mm-hmm. nobody wants to repair, so they'd rather replace. They'd rather replace. Yeah. yeah, and that's not always the manufacturer's fault. That's just a fault of the environment that they're selling into building these things. So, it, as a manufacturer, a not to be defending of the one percenters right but if you think of it as a manufacturer is yeah there's incentive to make something that goes for 30 years and it has that name behind it right i see it all the time in tractors yeah Yeah. but there's the other side of it is the economy saying no one can 
fix it to keep it going for 30 years, why? Yeah. Well, then, then, then they really run out. Because if then someone thinking, can fix it, their name, then someone buys new. And there's always new people. People come and go, right? There's new adults. There's new... Right. So right. that logic has a flaw in there's always new customers, but it is a throwaway society. So... They, it's a mindset. They, they have to move faster. And yeah. Move faster means not building. But the other, but the other thing about that is just like cars. Yep. A twenty ten Forerunner didn't change much from a twenty twenty two Forerunner. But guess what? The features inside, Apple CarPlay, and mm-hmm. the backup cameras, and and the, yep. the laser cruise. So yeah, if Viking makes a thirty thousand dollar fridge that'll last for for thirty years. Well, it probably doesn't have a touch screen. Probably doesn't tell you when the milk's empty. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's features that you probably, you know. It's not after, Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you're right. It'd be nice. We said purpose-built a ton tonight. But if you had a fridge that was just made just to be a fridge and last forever, people would still be unhappy with it. Yep. Good, and good point. if you imagine Toyota saying, ah, we're going to do away with the service department, do you still think they're going to make the cars to last that long? No. They're going to make the car to the next oil change to where you just get a new car. Yeah, just change it. <laughs> just it. don't change your oil. You just change the car. We have this cartridge-style yeah. engine. We just pop out. <laughs> we uh, send it to the the remod. Exactly. Yeah, and then we just pop a new yep. disposable engine in there. Yeah. Yep. If you're bored sometime, Google Willie's Night. Willie's Night. Um, like the, the Jeep Willis, I guess, is how you really pronounce it, but whatever. Um they had a, what they call the sleeve, the sleeve valve engine or something like that, where you just infinitely replace components. It, it, and they build it as, like, the engine that will never need service. You basically just replace almost like a diesel, mm-hmm. know, all kinds of different things. Interesting. Yeah, so it was one of those things where it's like, well, that's neat, but who knows how to work on that? Even 20 years after that company went defunct, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like nobody knows how to do any of that stuff. Great idea, but people want something new. They don't want to just keep mm-hmm. rebuilding. Yeah, and rebuilding. who wants to be the one guy? That's all. That's your life purpose. Would eight-year-old Jake like that? No. <laughs> okay, just check. <laughs> no. Um, I'm wondering. I think we're getting close to is that it, time. Is it in time the show. for? Is it time for Gabe to appear? It's time for your moment of mind. Well, thanks, Gabe. Appreciate that. Hey, uh, according to Reuters, on October 23rd, billionaire Elon Musk said in a tweet on Sunday that he'd push back a month the date of the Neuralink show and tell event. In this tweet, it said, Neuralink show and tell, now November 30th. That is the tweet that was sent out. The chief executive of SpaceX and the carmaker Tesla and the rocket developer, blah, blah, uh, said the event would, would have been held on October 31st on Halloween. Co-founded by Musk in 2016, the San Francisco-based Neuralink aims to implant wireless brain computer chips to help cure neurological conditions like Alzheimer's, dementia, and spinal cord injuries, and to fuse humankind with artificial intelligence. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait till November 30th. That was your moment of mind. It's better every time, doesn't it? Thanks, Gabe. Are you guys familiar with Neuralink? A little bit. I, 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 I got the chip implanted. It was literally one month ago, uh, reported by Gizmodo, that uh, a rights group, I'm sure it's an animal rights group or something, some sort, UC Davis, it's a college in California, they won't release photos depicting tortured Neuralink monkeys. Do you hear that story? No, the it didn't group, come no. up in my feed. Yeah, the rights group uh, claims that there's 371 photos related to experiments of 185 autopsies of monkeys that died during test procedures with Neuralink. 
And that's uh, hmm. thanks to Max de Guren. Uh, it was from September 28th. So all I'm going to ask, who's yeah. signing up for Neuralink? No. I'm I'm probably okay. You sure? Probably good. I don't yeah. need an implant. I mean, I got I got SpaceX uh, giving me satellite, not SpaceX, but uh, Starlink giving me internet. It's working pretty good. That you know of. Yeah. Till they do your autopsy. Yeah. I don't know. I it's just... The whole thing... I, I, I'm not that my body's a temple because I, you know, I eat egg McMuffins and, yeah. and uh, you know. I think at this point, it doesn't why, matter. why not eat as many egg McMuffins as you want? Cause yeah. Because something else is going to kill us anyway, right? Probably. Yeah. Industrial <laughs> industrial pollution, <laughs> probably. I, I, I don't know. I trust somebody else maybe to uh, to man the controls when they're robotically, surgically implanting stuff. Now, I mean, there's an argument to be made that capitalism will control these things and you know, people will sign up for this stuff as it becomes safer. So, but there's always going to be early adopters, right? Isn't there some company that does RFID chips to like your credit card, so you can like walk by and go? Boop. I saw that in news day. The very first person ever to put like a bank chip in their body or something like yeah, that. This is that's going to be mainstream. Yeah, yeah you think? it's going to be mainstream. Right. Just go I, buy a Red Bull. The, and the nice thing about that is I yeah. won't have to carry my cell phone anymore. Right? I'll get the, like the tooth implant, and I'll be able to wave my finger for purchases. Wait, what's the tooth implant? I'm just saying because because my my cell phone will be in my tooth or something, you know, so that way I don't have to. Ray Romano had a bit that, 20 but... years ago where he was talking about that with cell phones oh. and getting cell phones implanted in your ears. Yeah. And people yeah. laughed, thought it was a joke. And I'm like, that's going yeah. to happen. Yeah. And it probably will. Probably the funniest yeah, thing I mean, Ray Bluetooth. Romano ever wrote. Bluetooth, Bluetooth is a started. Might as well. By the way, uh, speaking of Bluetooth, if you have one of those Bluetooth headsets, mm-hmm. does that mean you're like a truck driver or just a weirdo? If you still, I still know people who walk into the dealership with one in their ear. I see, like, delivery people or tow truck drivers. I mean, some people need the hands-free. I yeah. get it. But it just seems so dated. There's Doesn't some... It? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's They're a... They're very dated. It might be a carryover from the occupation. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you were, like, a transport driver or something like that. Yeah. But when I see, like... And it's it's always, like, 60-year-old dudes. It, it, it is definitely <laughs> a certain demographic. So here's... Uh-oh. Two cents. Okay. So a big reason that you see them with the mic... Yes. It's because, so you, the the big ones, right? The truck drivers or just regular people. Road noise. When you move that mic, they can't hear you. You can't do that on a set of AirPods. You can't move the mic, so it's always on. Mm-hmm. If you're Good not point. needing to talk, Yeah, you move it. Okay. That is, that is obviously I sold that stuff. What is that it, unidirectional was, or whatever it's yep, called? So, if, yeah. if they move the mic, you can't hear on it anymore. Okay. So let's say they're a business person that's always on calls and stuff. Instead of having to mute or figure, they move it, carry on, move it down, talk, move back up. Okay. It, it cancels out the noise. That is a, it's a, it's a thing. Hmm. It's a good app. It's it's purpose built. There you it's go. Purpose built application. And there's very I think this... few of them left. So. The title of the show is going to be Purpose Built. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. When I go to the Culver's drive-thru, I don't want everyone else on the phone to hear me, so yeah. I'll just exactly. I'll move the microphone yeah. and say, give me one of them curd burgers. Yes. Purpose Built. Purpose Built. <laughs> For me to get fat. That's right. <laughs> Double Baconator. All right. We got the uh, theme song for this next section of the show, Daryl. Oh, oh I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of not having it. Yeah. Now, I know in my household that when I want to buy something – 
Yeah. I, I usually talk about better half. Like a hands-free headset? I can't say everybody at this table does the same thing. Today, get this, somebody came up to me and said, I got a 1999 RAV4, 5-speed, four 4-door, four I'm selling for 1200 bucks." And you know what I did? I said, I'll buy it. Did you? No, because I thought about it really hard, and I thought my wife will murder me. Cause I, 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 you're I, serious? No, but why I, didn't but, you offer it up? Yeah. No, but here's friends. what I did. Because I told him if I buy it, I'm gonna flip it. And he's he's a he's a friend of mine. He goes, I'm getting a lot of interest on. I'm like, yeah, because you need to double the price. So what he did is he doubled the price. Do you sell it? Yeah, for two thousand dollars. Thank did God. Did you get commission? No, I should. But we, anyway, we should. We, you know what? We could have tripled that up. But that is oh, cars yeah. of the week. I'd have given you three hundred bucks. I bought the car in my head, and then I realized very quickly that if I bought this car, I'd be neutered by the time my, my wife got home from Memphis. <laughs> so I didn't buy it. Now, in my household, like I said, I always ask for permission. But I wonder. Yeah, always. Of, of all three of us, do you have to ask permission, Jake, when you when you look at cars? No, it, I get the. Uh, what does it matter? Why are you asking me? You're gonna. Do you get the? You're gonna do what you're gonna do you're anyways. Gonna do what you're nice, gonna do. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've never yeah. got. I mean, I kind of get that yep. sometimes. Beautiful. It's whatever, dear. But mm. there's still a respect thing, though, right? It's just like, hey, I I wouldn't be abusive with. Yeah. Them. Yeah. You, you have, don't just you drag nine, it home. And be you like, don't have nine cars like some of us. No, eight. But you know, after One time. After watching my dad go through stuff, like he would buy stuff and then it would just be in the garage and my mom would find it. I'm like, that's not going to go well. And it didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's. I knew if I would have run down to the bank to pick up that 1200 bucks, I would have been filleted. It was not worth it. So That's a steal, though. Nobody's, the days of the $1,500 car, yeah. Yeah. like the, even a beater. It, yeah. it, the same thing that happened to the $500 car yeah. or happened to the. Fifteen hundred, but it was a five-speed, and I I do believe I, that probably cost him money. I bet if it were an automatic, he could have asked three thousand dollars. It kept it. some people out yeah. of the yeah. out of the interest. Gosh, was it a uh, four-wheel drive that I didn't even ask? Everybody, I've had that question proposed to me a couple times now, wanting to know because I could have slipped that that transmission in the uh, the cylinder. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, I know, I know. Resource, you're an idea He's guy. He's plotted this and yeah. yes, I've thought about it all. Anyway, so cars of the week. Uh, I have come up with a car. I see Daryl has a car. Thank goodness. Yeah, mine wasn't loading. Uh oh. Oh well. well you have it though, all right? right? But we're gonna let we'll let Daryl go first. Um, this is an interesting find for you. Yeah, it's kind of homely. Different, kind of weird. Yeah, we yeah. got here. Uh, so this is a uh, what I like to call a prosthetic beige. 1963 Dodge Dart two-door sedan that showed up on Facebook Marketplace. Much like a puppy who needs a home. Uh, this is a, a he, very... He's a good boy. Yeah, it's, it's kind of Dodge's intermediate car from the 60s. Of course, everyone knows it as the butt of jokes on Car Talk with Click and Clack, Tom and Ray Maliazzi. The Tappet Brothers. The, one of them, I think it was Tom, uh, Tommy, used to have a, a Dodge Dart, and it was a convertible of this vintage and in fact, they used to send Christmas cards out to their friends with a picture of it with like broken parts all over the driveway because it broke a lot of stuff. Anyways, this is in the Chicagoland suburbs. I believe it's like Oswego or something like that. 9500 bucks is the asking price. You might say, that's a lot of money for a 63 Dodge Dart. Mm-hmm. But let me, uh, let me just explain why oh, this please. is worth it. Sell it to me. Okay. So this is a great survivor car, according to the listing. Uh, it's got the 170 slant six motor, the leaning tower of power for the Mopar fans. And my 78 Volari, I believe, had the same thing. Yep, same thing. It might have grown by that point. It, was, it might have been a 225 okay. by your era. 
uh, but probably made less power because of emissions. <laughs> Anyways, push-button transmission in this, a push-button torque flight, which uh, is really kind of a novelty. You get to select the drive forward, first, reverse, whatever on the dashboard. It runs great, it says. It was featured in Antique Auto Magazine, and in the, the listing it actually has pictures uh, of of the car in the magazine. How nice. It has the original window sticker, Eric. Ah, the original bill of sale from 1963, a certificate of the owner. It actually does have a fair amount of paperwork. There was other pictures. Would you have a binder at the car show where you'd like show this and people could flip through it? Would that would that get would that uh, titillate Nobody. the senses for the car? Enthusiast? On this, no. Like on a on a '70 Chevelle uh, SS LS6 big block car, sure. Okay. On this, it'd be like. Yeah, it looks like something my school teacher had in the '60s, and they'd walk right past. It's a it. medical medical grade, yeah. Uh, white. I mean, <laughs> it is. It is. It's very sanitary. If there was a Red Cross symbol on the side of it. I mean, it would seem like. You know. It does look like something like a like a hospital staff car yeah. or okay. something from Commonwealth Edison in the in the motor pool. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff I like. I like things that are pedestrian, very boring, very basic, plain Janes, if you will. I would scrape this thing. This poor guy put a decal. On the front windshield, which, which I can't read from, I, I have to blow up my screen. But uh, what does it say? I think it says in a very Beach Boys '60s beachy font. It says 1963 Survivor. So I would take a razor blade. Oh, that has you written all over it. You want to draw attention to yourself, don't you? No, no. A car like this doesn't need to. The car like this draws attention to itself because it survived in in spite of all the factors against it. Like, is that a thing? People write "Survivor" on their windshields because I've never seen that ever. No, just this dude. Okay, this dude clearly. I wonder. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, it's not enough that you have a cool old car. You have to be like, look at me, look at me. Yeah. This guy, I feel bad. I feel bad for this guy because he put a, probably a lot of time and effort into preserving this thing. Yeah, and all his other guy friends have like Corvettes. And like Camaros and Mustangs, and he's like, "But me too. I'm cool." Anyways, but I'd scrape that off and I buy this car. Ninety five hundred bucks. I mean, I think next to Bork, this would be a great, great little car. Yeah, and I see, um, you know, there's some opportunities to maybe branch out. Oh. You know, I do like Mopars, but uh, maybe, maybe I need to start looking at GMC pickups. Ah, uh-huh. like it like did some, come up. Like someone else, someone else mm. just loaded an image here. But maybe before we get to our guest, yeah. Maybe we should let Eric pick because he, in spite of all of the contrary, he's a Toyota man through and through. <laughs> but every once in a while, a little bit of a British car enthusiast peeks through. And this may be the second time I've chosen one of these in 70 episodes. I think it is. Yeah, I, what do you I, got? I, what I you remember got fantasizing lineup? about the uh, lady I used to take the paper to when I was a kid and uh, mail delivering. She had a blue one with the British flag on the back. This is a 1976 Triumph TR6 Roadster. Mm. This was a perfect example of inflation uh, on, on used cars coming back down. Uh, this car's $12,000 at 71,000 miles. It, the paint's okay. It's not in great, great shape. Uh, but everything else runs really nice on it. And the pictures of it, the car looks in pretty decent shape. These cars, they're still people listing them in similar condition for $30,000. But they're going to find out really fast that the market has changed extreme on them. So, um Twelve thousand dollars? I don't think it's a bad price for a running, driving, nice wheels, nice paint, roll bar, and I think that uh, I could have this car for twenty years in my head. I could own this car for twenty years, pull it out every summer, have a little bit of fun with it, and get tons of eyeball at the car shows. I don't see these no. as much as I used to. No, I don't know what happened to them. There, there was a time where these cars were—I I don't know how many were imported in the United States in the '80s, uh, but it seemed like there was one in every town. 
They were popular. Yeah. They were popular. In their new, uh, uh, here in the Midwest, they rust out. Yeah. Even seasonally, these things rust out. You drive them through a couple of rainstorms, you start getting bubbles <laughs> in the paint. And stuff. It's not good. Yeah. But they're beautiful little machines. These also, from the mid-'70s, they were built during the British Leyland years where the, the, the build quality wasn't top-notch. Uh, okay. I'll just say that. Uh, there were a lot of very uh, very big, very public um, auto, auto industry faux pas, if you will, in, in, in Great Britain. But I'll tell you, there's nothing sweeter than the sound of a TR6. Yeah. There yeah. really is. They sounded great. And I, I always imagined if you owned a car like this, you'd have a local mechanic who always knew you. Because mm-hmm. you always pull it in. If you could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jake was like, yeah, 100%. Because you'd yeah. be there all the hey, time. Hey, it's that run a little rough. Oh, yeah, bring it in here. Oh, yeah, these things, you know, we got to take this and that. And you'd be like, okay, whatever it needs, Frankie, just do it. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't buy it, but I bought it in my head. Jake, I have bought something similar to this in my head uh, many, many episodes oh, ago. And I think I even got a sleeve tattoo when I did it. Wait, what? You have a tattoo? Remember when I picked out one of these? I I, I sleeved myself out with tattoos, and <laughs> I forgot. I forgot you uh, you photoshopped that. Yeah. Have, have you picked this? No, something like it though. Oh. What do you got, Jake? I have a '91 GMC Cyclone pickup. Truck. Ooh. This it's... has been the one. This is oh, a good yeah. pick. This is probably the, this yeah. is the winner of the night. I'm surprised. I... I'm surprised nobody has picked these before. I have. Had eyes on a Cyclone uh, since I was in high school. I this drove a 92 S10, so obviously it goes with the territory. That same body style. But yes, yeah. so so there's a little story. This one I found. It's up in Wisconsin. Uh, the market on these has basically not changed, not shifted if it has you know less than 50,000 miles. It's got 8,700 miles on it. Ooh. And it, it, it's, uh, it's actually I followed that truck. So it's had four owners, and it it's been, been been around but not driven. Okay. So there it, was has it a, come up for auction before or something, or is no? Sold? This is like on like cars dot com. Okay. Okay. And but I know it's the same one because well, it's got eighty seven hundred miles and like it had like eighty six hundred on. So I keep watching it. And I'm like, oh, if I could only. But the price, legitimately. In five years, it hasn't changed much. So, like, they haven't been like selling to make money. It's like it's like almost sixty thousand dollars. Holy Ooh. smokes! It ha- but it ha- I'm talking like 2016 was that price. It was so that much, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I've 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 had an infatuation with these trucks since I was in high school, and there's a couple stories behind why I I, I will someday have one, but I, I can't bring myself to buy one that I can afford because it's too special. you, know, you got to find that 8,700-mile one. It's right. Car, it's my car of the week. The unicorn. Yeah, the, the unicorn one. You can't buy one that's got 100,000. It's not special anymore. Yeah. I was sitting facing you know one of those town you, you, you kind of cr- old cruise nights and stuff, I was probably a senior in high school, and I see this truck flash in my rearview mirror, drive by. We were parked, and I I got in my truck and 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 drove down because I knew it was a cyclone, mm. and it was parked at Dollar General, and I <laughs> waited outside like a creep, <laughs> and Lots asked everyone breathing. that came out, "Is that your cyclone?" And the guy finally came out and he said, "Yeah." And it wasn't a super nice one, but it was stock. Untouched. Untouched. That's the best kind. And hell, this was now 20 years ago. So um, 
I asked him. I straight up asked him. Can I have a ride? Perfect. Total stranger. And he goes, yeah, well, I don't know where to go around here. I'm from you know, town. I go, you got to go to Fountain Green Blacktop straight away. Nice. And I drove it. He let me drive it. It is every bit as fast as you could ever think, even in today's standards. Yeah, yeah. And they, they made in 92 a, a Sonoma GT. They made like 800 of them. Yep. This is also a true story. There was a... Um, Scrapyard in Fountain Green, Illinois. I got parts oh, for God. my Here we go. 78 F-150 there. Yep, I believe you. When I was a student at Western, because my dad told me in the 60s I needed car parts. There was a junkyard out there. And we went out to Fountain Green, and that yep. place was still there It's 30 there years later. Anymore. Did yeah, it? yeah, they had to close. Anyway, yeah. they had awesome. a wrecked Sonoma GT, and I had the opportunity to buy it. It was, I mean, salvage, like part stripped but it had the vortec 4.3 from 92 you had the skirts the body cladding the body cladding was on it and i could have bought it for five hundred dollars and i didn't have five hundred dollars it was a white sonoma gt so the kit i went to western with a kid who had a white one with the gray body cladding and i wonder if he trashed it that's it it has to be. There's no other. White with gray. The dude was from like Burlington, Iowa, and I think he probably hit a deer or something. Yeah, it was. It was. Did it have a topper on it? I don't remember. Darrell, this was. But I remember it. I remember knowing <laughs> it was the early days of like, you know, cars on the internet. Yeah. There was a website you could. Was it like mycar.com? Car-part.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still up. And it's there were only site. 800 of those. This is the, the cheap version i could have bought it for 500 bucks sad and i didn't have 500 disappointed in you i know i didn't have it <laughs> kidding, kidding. but the the gmc cyclone will forever i i guess it, i i'd have to probably look at the typhoon now and in, in reality of i'm a family guy gotta have the four-seater but those will always always be yeah that special the creme de la creme yeah well is the typhoon more affordable are those cheaper yeah the typhoon um they make more of them they made more of them they made them for two years okay and the the reason they're cheaper is well you know how it says psych if you ever seen the motor bay it says cyclone the typhoon said cyclone they just carried over the same stuff the the same stuff 4.3 intercooled turbocharged uh all-wheel drive almost like a is it kind of like the Bravada Smart Track or it, something? They, they used the uh, all-wheel drive system out of the Astro van. Okay, okay. So, and it's another uh, one that's near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my Astro. god! But it took it took an hour and a half when we got here finally. finally yeah. the, the Geek Fest kicked in. Yes, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that that is the. Um, I think even in today's, I don't know if it's still the quickest. Uh, but it, I've ridden in fast cars. Now it doesn't beat electric like like that Rivian sure, sure. from the from Memorial Day. You know, they right. brought that. Th- oh my God, that's the fastest but vehicle I've it, been in. It yeah. for real. Yeah, I it's, would agree. It is and the I've quickest been in like, by by a long shot. I've been in like pro stock it, it cars and stuff like the Cyclone. But, as far as production vehicles, that's got to be the fastest thing I mean, I've been y- in. You're talking a th- now a 31 year old truck that they. S- Still haven't come out with anything that's like it. It, it, it. it amazes me that they haven't. It really has. Of all the mid-sized stuff now that's so big, right. and in the Colorado, they they stuffed a 5.3 liter V8 into it in that last generation. Did mm-hmm. nothing. Yep. Couldn't do. They it. did nothing. Yep. 
Disappointment. Very much. Yeah, when that That's thing came out, I remember there were people that had Porsche 911 turbos, and they're like, this thing is just as fast. Uh-huh. And it's like, you can go to a GMC dealer <laughs> and buy like that or a diesel dually pickup. And I'll tell you what, those things are still, as far as style, as far as like you know, what I we're like, able to do. Yeah, the little square body was mm-hmm. nice. Nice looking little ribs. So what engine is in this? 4.3. The 4.3, okay. Yep. So yep. so the, the old ones... The regular ones had the 2.8. 2.8 or the four-cylinder 2.2, or you could get a 4.3, a regular Yeah, 4-3. you could get a regular. My, my S10 had a regular throttle body injected. This was a the first, like, Vortec EFI. They used that turbo charge system from the Grand National, but went from that 3.6 to the 4.0. It, they just stuffed all muscle into that little pickup. Which is funny, too, because at the end, by the time they came out with this in, was it 91? 91. 91. Um, that body style, the S10, S15 body style, had been out for 10 years oh, almost. Yeah. And so it was kind of like aging. It was. Mm-hmm. It would be like if you did something like this with, uh, I don't know, what's an old platform? Um, Forerunner. Forerunner. It, it, it'd be if you threw everything technologically at the Forerunner. Yeah. And it was really cool because it just... It, it pumped some new life into it, and then like two years later, they changed body styles entirely. Yeah, and, and never brought anything back. But like, no. it didn't gain popularity when I had first like wanted one in college. You know, that was my dream truck. Like, mm-hmm. I had that truck like on a post. Like anything I could get the Cyclone on, they were cheap. Yeah, and in comparison, they just they were never popular. It was like an underground thing. And once they went, once enough of them, like they only made like 3,000 or 2,995. Yeah, once enough of them had passed the that threshold of it was new enough that there were a lot of low mileage things, once it did, phew, yep. they, all of them went mm. up. They made a, like a Marlboro. The Marlboro, they had 10 of them. The 10 of them with yeah. target tops. Oh, yeah. I it was, was like a giveaway. Uh-huh. They had them at some race or something. And well, the chance you can find one of those. Well, if you smoke enough Marlboros, Eric, you can <laughs> <laughs> say, what, and what, mail in your... Of the 10, how many you think are still in existence? There's one dude who has two of them. Really? Yeah. He's like some yeah. millionaire. Okay, yeah. He's yeah. just bought two of them. He's like, yeah, I got two of the 10. They're and target top. Yeah. yeah. Factory target top. But that was also the day where if you like sent in 30 UPC labels, you got like a coat and uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. a sailboat and all that fun yeah. stuff. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing, too, something that, that a guy I used to work with, he was a engineering professor at Bradley, he told me something very important. And he said, whatever you're doing, whether it's work, politics, civic groups you're involved in, church, you always want to have at least one crazy, one crazy person in your group because they will make sure to push the envelope, ask the questions no one will ask, or will force you to make the right decision because they're so far out there that everyone else will come back to kind of common ground. And at the point that this cyclone was made, John Moss was, like, the big head guy at GM, like, performance division. And Ford had the same guy, similar guy named John Coletti, who was in charge of the SVT division, special vehicles. So, like, the time that Ford was doing the Lightning, they were doing this, and, like, Dodge started doing the Viper. Like, there were, there were people in mm-hmm. each division that kind of had a crazy person. Like, yeah, let's just, like, throw turbos and everything. <laughs> or, or, you know, Dodge. Like, let's put a V10 in some sort of crazy, you know, supercar. I miss those days because it I don't think happen. No, it doesn't happen today. Now, 
granted, you can get 500 horsepower out of like a Volkswagen Golf. You know, yeah. <laughs> like there's there's a trade off there, or an 800 horsepower Rivian. You know, yeah. there's that. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of do miss the last days. I almost wonder if this is like the height of it, like peak Rome. You know, like I wonder if this is like peak performance for for it's American. Like that saying on the the office. You, you wish someone had told you you were in the good old days when you were in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the end of the lightweight trucks too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was after Those this. Were... They everything started getting every yeah. safety feature. They bulked up. The sidewalls had to get thicker so that way you didn't get speared when you got driven into. I bet and you that thing doesn't weigh more than thirty two hundred pounds. I, I bet. Yeah, you're yeah. right. If that. And what, yeah. and how, what are the thickness of the doors? Eight, seven inches, six mm-hmm. inches, maybe. Yeah. 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 The pillars you can actually see out of your car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Different time. Be fun though. Different. We, I, I can already see the dashboard. Are yeah. we dinosaurs? Does that mean we're old? Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. I guess we're old. We are. Definitely. Well, you know, I I always say that you're like the oldest young man I know. Mm-hmm. But Was I, it the top hat and cane that tipped you off to that? No, nah, Jake Irish is right behind you. He, he's he, close. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely. I mean, you guys are curmudgeons <laughs> at a young age. I don't know how you do it. But, uh, I think that's a term yeah. of endearment. It yeah, is. It is. I'm, I'm jealous. I'll take I, it I speak from that. jealousy. I'll take it's been fun. Thank you so much for coming back on the show, Jake. Thanks for having me. It'll be uh, 52 episodes from now. We'll have you back. Hey. We'll see you at episode 126. We have to do a big 100th episode extravaganza with, like, balloons, a petting zoo, skydivers. I mean, we have to do something. I only have 30 more? Yeah, well, you might... We'll, we'll throw you another invite. We need to do the roundtable, too. I really think that's a good idea. That'd be fun. It would be fun. What's the audience say? I don't know. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, you're a Patreon member. Make sure you send me your T-shirt size. Yeah, info at throwingwrenches.com. Or if you just want to let us know how we're doing. And please, for the love of all that's holy, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps grow the show as well. I know we probably tapped out. Everybody that's listened has given us a review. I don't think so. No, we got a, no. I don't. I don't believe so. I think there's a lot of lurkers out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we should. You know what? We're not going to try shaming the audience because that never works. But Eric's going to leave the guilt trip on you the next episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. I'm don't waiting worry. for you. I'm waiting. As a matter of fact, I, I even guilted somebody for even getting a sticker the other day. So maybe I, I, I might be. In Are you the, the wrong. poison pill? I might be in the wrong. I'm I think sorry. maybe. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, you can also follow us. Uh, we're on TikTok, or at least I am. Eric's on there too. Sometimes uh, we're at Throwing Wrenches on uh, the Instagram. Sometimes we put car stuff on there. Other times it's, you know, Shania Twain videos or something. I don't know. All I don't right. know what we're doing anymore. All right. It's time to say goodbye. Say goodnight, Jake. Good night. Good night, Jake. Good night, Jake. Good night, guys. 